Hello, I'm Kate Chauvirich and welcome to the SEDEP podcast. Based in France and operating internationally, we are a global executive education club where minds meet, grow and succeed together. SEDEP is a collaborative learning community of leading international organizations from diverse and non-competitive industries. Rooted in the real world and driven by the real-life challenges of our community, we co-create leadership development programs with innovative, highly relevant and actionable learning. Our mission is to work together to develop leaders and create purpose-driven, agile and sustainable organizations. In an ever-changing and uncertain world, we choose to work together to make the world a better place for us all. This is the sixth and final episode in a series of six podcasts with Jules Goddard, SEDEP faculty, philosopher, author, and fellow of the Centre for Management and Development at London Business School. Jules has also recently been appointed to the Council of the Royal Institute of Philosophy. In this podcast series, we have examined different philosophical experiments with managerial practice and ultimately addressed the key question of why should we bring philosophical experimentation into the heart of business and what can we learn? In this last episode, we'll explore experimenting with entrepreneurship and in particular, the need for more mavericks within our organizations. So welcome once again to the Setup Podcast Jewels, the final episode in this illuminating series. How would you like to begin this theme of maverick thinking? Well, good morning, Kate. I'd like to begin with the famous discovery by von Frisch, a Nobel Prize winner, concerning the behavior of bees. Most bees use a waggle dance to direct their fellow bees to the best pollen sites. But a small minority of bees operate more like mavericks. They neglect the signals of their fellow bees and pass up the more conventional places for pollen. They take the risk of exploring further afield, beyond the familiar haunts, often with no luck, but just occasionally they discover a new treasure trove of pollen. So how is this relevant to modern business? Well, I think part of the skill of business is to get the balance right between exploitation and exploration. When firms underperform, it's often because they simply play too safe. Typically, they exploit their cost base by cutting back on expenses wherever they can and neglecting the braver option of exploration. But for 20 million years or so, bees have got the balance right between narrow and broad-scale efficiency. Sure, the majority of them go through their life practicing the waggle dance, exploiting what is already known, but a significant minority of them do not. These maverick bees explore seemingly at random, searching for nectar and pollen from sources as yet undiscovered. Most of their ventures, of course, are failures, but once in a while, they make a major discovery. And without the risks that these bees take, von Frisch showed that their hive would starve to death. The inefficiency of the explorers is crucial to keeping them and their more exploitative cousins alive. So are you saying the business would benefit from more mavericks? <laughs> yes. Think of it this way. Firms are led and run by a mix of, let's say, three kinds of people. Managers, mavens, and mavericks. The managers are the executives administering the organization. The mavens are the experts providing specialist knowledge. And the mavericks are the eccentrics challenging the status quo and acting rather like our exploratory bees. 
All of us, I think, are a blend of the three M's, but each of us is probably more one M than the other two. The question I want to pose is this. Are there enough mavericks in your organization? Are you yourself perhaps a maverick? If so, do you feel a bit isolated, seeing the world differently, asking tough questions of the organization, and expressing your views openly, without fear or favor? I have a feeling born of working with many British, French, and German businesses over the last 30 years or so, that many, perhaps even most European companies, are rather risk-averse and getting more so with every year that passes. They don't actively recruit or employ many, if any, mavericks. The dominant values are more likely to be those of carefulness, alignment, and harmony than, say, provocation, debate, and adventure. The one word that comes up more than any other in candid conversations on our executive education programs at SEDEP is fear. The fear above all of making a mistake. In fact, a celebrated book has just been published entitled The Fearful Organization. It focuses on the widespread, irrational anxiety around errors and setbacks and a reluctance to even discuss alternative viewpoints, let alone try them out experimentally under controlled conditions. I would say that we need far more mavericks, and with them, more candid conversations, more idiosyncratic ideas, more trial and error, more entrepreneurship. In short, more bravery, curiosity, and experimentation. So how do you define a maverick? How do they operate? Well, I would define a maverick as someone possessing five traits. First, a maverick passionately believes that the world can be improved and that they have a responsibility themselves to play a part in making it better in some way. Second, they're free spirits and independently minded. They tend, therefore, to go for non-conformist ideas and unconventional solutions. In short, they're contrarians. Third, I think they seek out fellow mavericks. They're uncomfortable with the traditional idea of leadership because it promotes followership in others. Mavericks don't want to be followed. They prefer debate to obedience. Fourth, they operate in a trial and error manner. Given enough trials, they're confident they'll bump into success. In other words, they're natural experimentalists. They act on the world and form their ideas in the light of how the world responds to them. They're dismissive of too much thought and analysis. They believe that procrastination is the besetting sin of modern management. And fifth, I think they're resilient. They persevere, whatever the pushback. They're not easily deterred. In short, they are the entrepreneurs within the firm. And then the big question is this, do we have enough mavericks to make a difference? And if not, what do we have to do to recruit more mavericks? or better still, bring out and liberate more of the maverick within each of our employees, because I believe that almost everyone is a potential maverick. So what is the answer? I mean, how do we encourage this maverick spirit and what are the benefits? Well, I think there's one shift in organizational design that would provide a huge impetus to maverick behavior. Imagine if everyone was free, as far as is practical, to choose with whom you worked. In other words, the firm gives everyone the choice of whom they want to work with. The only rule is that everyone has to agree that everyone else in the team is welcome. You can't join a team if they don't want you. Everyone has to feel that you will add value. Wouldn't it be interesting 
to see who would get together with whom, and in particular, who would emerge as the natural leaders. Almost certainly, they would not be the people who had been appointed by the board to lead the business units. They would be the people whom their peers wanted as leaders. When leaders are chosen from below, they're very different from leaders chosen from above. When people are working only with those whom they particularly like and respect, we would expect their behavior to be more natural, candid, open, inquisitive, and brave. In other words, the maverick spirit would find its voice and make its presence known. And the entrepreneurial talents of these mavericks would begin to find expression. So too, as night follows day, I think would the company become more entrepreneurial and restoring the balance between exploitation and exploration. Which modern philosophers would be sympathetic to this point of view? I think this model finds an echo, at least, in Robert Nozick's framework for utopia. Nozick was a distinguished libertarian philosopher at Harvard who was suspicious of ideological or utopian ideas. He believed that they tended towards totalitarian solutions. But ingeniously, he invented a pluralistic concept of utopia that he felt avoided this danger. His ideal society contains a diverse and broad range of communities to which people can freely belong, provided that they are admitted by others. He imagines people joining together on a purely voluntary basis to pursue a particular vision of the good life. Anyone is free to design and create their own utopia just as long as they can convince enough people to join them in this venture. The important point is that no one is allowed to impose their own utopian views on others. I think Nozick has painted an inspiring picture of what in the future business organizations will look like. So, what can we conclude from this episode? What are the key takeaways? Well, bees are still around because they mix habitual behavior and adventurous behavior in the right proportion. As a species, they rely heavily on their evidence-based waggle dance routine. But evolution has taught them that this is insufficient for survival. It is too rational, too data-bound, too weighted in the past. It lacks the experimental spirit. So human beings working in institutions can easily be led to believe that by merely following protocol, success is assured. Life, as Rory Sutherland puts it, becomes one big waggle dance. But this is to miss one crucial fact. What is efficient in the short term is invariably perilous in the longer term. Insects know this, but do we? Thank you, Jules. So, this is the end of our podcast series with our special guest, Jules Goddard. Jules is the co-director of SEDEP's Management and Philosophy program, which explores philosophical experimentations in managerial practice and how to use philosophical analysis to push the limits of contemporary management. You can find more information about this program on the SEDEP website, www.sedep.fr. And if you'd like to read more about the themes raised in this podcast, Jules has recently launched a new book called Business Experimentation, a practical guide for driving innovation and performance in your business, which is available online and in all good bookstores. Thanks again, Jules, and until next time.